Welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings, where we walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Our host is Dr. Jeannie Burnett, licensed clinical psychologist and certified eating disorder therapist. Join her and her host, Carlos Houston, as they discuss the relationship between your food, your faith, and your feelings. Welcome back to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings. I'm Dr. Jeannie Burnett, and I am so excited to let you know that today I have been able to interview Mac Powell of Third Day. And we know that you know who he is on stage and his amazing music. In fact, my favorite favorite song is Thief. I wanted to have this opportunity and take this time to get to know Mac Powell the father, and the man in his family. Tell me a little bit about, you've got three daughters, is that right? I do. I have five kids, three daughters and two boys. Wow, that's amazing. It is. You've got a basketball team. I do. It's a real blessing. They age from 17 down to 7. Oh, wow. Yeah, and the girls are, it goes girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. Is that that's five? That's, I <laughs> think that's five. Yeah, that's right. Okay, good. Great. Um, and so I, I wanted to tell you a little bit, too, about um, our show. I don't know if you were able to read the email, kind of the yeah, window. Uh-huh. Okay. So Food, Faith, and Feelings is um, a concept that I came up with. Uh, I'm a psychologist, and I specialize in eating disorders. And one of the things that I am trying to do through my nonprofit, the MANA Fund, is to provide resources and treatment for people who struggle but can't afford to get those resources. Yeah, sure. And so, um, I'm you know I'm just I'm into this this month. I'm going to be interviewing a lot of different people, um, and so I'm I'm thankful for you to help me kick this month off. It's actually in the eating disorder world. It's Love Your Body Month. Okay, great. And so, um, coming from your perspective as a father, um, I wanted to know a little bit about how you um, promote your kids' self-esteem, including their bodies, um, especially in, in, I mean, in this day and age. Um, how, do you, how do you do that? Well, it's a great question. And uh, I think the answer, there's several answers to that, but I think one of the main ones is to let people know, let my kids know that, uh, yeah, your body is important. It definitely is. Um, But we also have a mind and a spirit. And so we, in this, you know, in this culture, we tend to focus the majority of our time on the physical side of things. Um, And, and that's important. Uh, and it's very, you know, it's a, it makes sense to us, and it's, it's actually scriptural, too, to think about those things. But um, it's to not, to not just think about the body and your physical appearance, but to think about your mind and your spirit as well. And so I think for us, we really try to help our children to grow in all three of those phases. And, um, you know, if anything, we kind of focus more on, on the other two than, than the body. And I don't know if, you know, personally, uh, as a person of faith, I think the spiritual is the most important side of things. Amen. Um, But, you know, for if someone wants to look at it, at the very minimal, I would love to look at people look at it in in equal measures. And so, um, 
And so we just try to really focus on on all those things and 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 help our kids to know that look, it's important to take care of ourselves and to be healthy, uh, but don't let that be what we're only focusing on. Let us focus on growing our spirits and our minds and our hearts, and uh, and letting that be, um, you know, let it kind of at, at the very least be all be equal. Right. Um... Can you give our listeners um, just an insight on some, maybe one thing that you do um, with your children to help them? Like, you know, you've 17 down to seven. I mean, they are smack yeah. dab in the school age range. Right. And so um, I'm sure they come home and they have issues at school with friends and peers and peer pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And all of them, you know, it's it's kind of people who are listening who have children can attest to this, that they're all different, you know, in different ways. And that's what's so great about about being a parent is that uh, especially when you've got more than one, um, they're all your favorites. You know, and I tell them I, I say, well, I tell them and I tell other people, hey, you're my favorite and this is why you're my favorite. And and so-and-so is my favorite, and this is why she's my favorite, and so-and-so is my favorite, and this is why he's... And they all have their own individual, you know, the goods and bads and things that are attractive about them. And uh, as a father, um, it's it's so much fun, and it's so encouraging to see uh, their different personalities. And now, now, there are some aspects of them that are similar, uh, and that's gonna that makes sense just from being you know brothers and sisters and being in the same family and same background and and upbringing and all that stuff. But they definitely are very different in a lot of ways. And so you know yeah you, you almost have to answer that question uh, for the individual. Um, one of my girls um, is super skinny, you know, and it's not. A, and then in her mind, she wants to, you know. Her and my one of my, my oldest son, they want to gain weight. They want to not be so skinny, you know. Mm-hmm. And with with my middle girl, she's not that way. She has to really kind of work on what she eats and exercising and stuff like that. And so they all have different. It's funny too because uh, you know whether um, whatever whatever we think about ourselves, we always you know it's the grass is always greener. We're always looking at somebody else and. And going, oh man, I should do that, and I, and that person's better looking. And so we have to we have to reach a balance in our lives where we where we you know are healthy uh, in our outlook of our physical, mental, and spiritual levels. But we we but we can't compare ourselves to other people. You know that's such a dangerous thing. And so that's that's one of the things we. This is a long answer to your short it's, question. It's great. No, but, I love it. But I think it's you know my the main thing is really you can't have the same message for each child. Uh, there are some some you know some things that are the same for everybody, but you also have to approach it uh, as an individual thing. And so, um, so just to to be able to do that and and to get to know those my kids and our children the way that that we need to, so that we can know how to uh, you know to minister to them and and to speak into their individual lives. You know. Um... Uh, two things that are coming to my mind. One is what a great reflection, especially when you were saying about, you know, you're my favorite and this is why. And you're my favorite. Like, I love that concept because I think that's how God sees us. Like, Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'd, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I'd read that in a book before and I can't even remember what book it was. But that story really stood out because there was a there was the, they were talking about a father who has, you know, several kids and 
and I'm making up the names. I can't remember exactly, but he says, well, Janie's my favorite because, you know, she's the one that, that really likes to spend time with me. And, and Jim is my favorite because when we play, you know, basketball out in the yard, it gives me such joy. And, and you know, David, he goes on and gives the different reasons. So I've always looked at, I love that story and that, that that's the way I look at my kids is knowing that they're all my favorites. You don't have a favorite, but they're all your favorites in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think the other thing that um, has stood out as you were talking is comparison. Like there's a saying, and I I have it actually on a necklace that says comparison is the thief of joy. Mm, Yes, absolutely. And I think that so many people want to look at, and and I was, you know, when I was a kid, I was a gymnast and of course we're competitive and then we compare ourselves and compare our performance to others and this society is really about comparison. I mean, even Donald Trump is trying to compare himself to the, his predecessors. Right, right. And um, a friend of mine actually posted today, he's a pastor, and he actually led me to the Lord in 1991. And he was comparing himself to someone that's high up, you know, an official in the government. And I was like, that's not your job. That's not your role. That's not your, that's not your path. That's not what God has you on. And I think so many people struggle with that. And and I, and I think that like for you to be able to do that with all of your children is really amazing. Well, and I, I think there can be there, as I said earlier, there can be some good in, and, and maybe comparison is not the word, but, it, but you can be inspired by other people. You can look at what other people have done, whether it's in their, you know, physically, mentally, or spiritually, mm-hmm. and want to attain, you know, something that someone else has done. But to, if you think about it in terms of, in the, if you look at it in a, in a positive way going, hey, that's really cool. I want to do that. I think I can achieve that. That person's inspired me you know, to do that. That's one thing. But but how we most mostly how we deal with it is we look at it in a negative way and we go, Oh, well I'm not that, so I'm not good enough or whatever. And so I think there's there's uh you know, there's some good um that can come from you know, it's not comparison, it's just being inspired by other people. And so it's 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 really how you look at it. You know, it's that balance of trying to make sure that is your comparison something that's going to inspire you and encourage you to be a better person uh, and better at what you do and, and you know, a long list of, of things? Or is it going to be, is it going to cause grief and make you feel, you know, bad about yourself? Right. So, I mean, wonderful, wonderful statements. I'm, I'm loving some of these little tidbits that you're saying. Um, and, I, you know, coming from the male perspective, I don't know if you've ever struggled with, um, your performance. I mean, you're a huge performer and, um, but even like down to your physical self, like, so I'm thinking in terms of coming from a male perspective, what would you say with, to men who might be struggling with their own sense of their body or their performance? Well, I, I think it's not really that different what I would say to a man that you know than I would to a woman. I think women, of course, deal with this a lot more because that's what's projected, uh, you know, in the world. Um, but I think men definitely. I mean, when you ask if I ever struggled or think about, it, I mean, every day, mm-hmm. you know, um, when I look, I like to. I'm on a diet right now. I don't like to say the word diet, but I don't know. I don't either. Change. Don't say it. <laughs> I'm on a lifestyle change right now. <laughs> there you go. And I have been for about a month, and that's just because I knew 
okay, it's time. I've, I've gained a few pounds. Um, uh, I'm not looking great in the midsection, you know, like I want to. And so it's a, and then when you get older as I am, you know, if things aren't as it's, I used to go, you know, in my twenties and early thirties, you can go lose five pounds as a guy in a few days and it's not a big deal. And now it's like, Oh man, I have to work twice as hard to lose half the weight, you know, and double the time. And so, um, I think I said that right. <laughs> I think but, we understand. But so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I still struggle that, you know, and then being older, I'm starting to gray a little bit. I was like, okay, do I need to be worried about that and do something about it? And I've got no problems with people who, you know, uh, color their hair or their beard or whatever. But I've kind of reached a place where I go, this is what I am. This is who I am. And I've got no problem with people changing those things at all. But I just, for me personally, this is the way I'm going to look. Now, I might change my mind next week and go, okay, I'm going to go Grecian formula and I'm going, oh, no. you know, brown hair. But I don't think so. I think I'm just kind of, I'm comfortable with being, I'm okay with getting older. Um, That's great. I'm not necessarily okay with getting, you know, more weight on me. But, but uh, and, and honestly, being a performer kind of plays into that too, because you know, okay, I've got, I'm not just, you know, some guy that's got a nine to five job sitting at a desk that hardly anybody sees. I've got thousands of people that are looking at me. So I, you know, there's a responsibility there to, you know, find that balance of going, I'm not going to let this, um, you know, the way I look kind of, uh, lead my life. But at the same time I do, I need to be responsible about, you know, how I look and, and being healthy and, and, um, you know, being a good example to other people. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, well, Mac, I know that uh, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, is there any, is there a verse maybe that's come into your mind that you would like to share with people just about this topic and um, kind of like let people know that it's okay to be who you are? Well, I, I tell you what, I don't know if this really plays into what we're saying, but I, so often when I think about this, this, uh, whole idea of, you know, our bodies are are physically, mentally, spiritually, our lives and trying to find that balance. Uh, I often look to the uh, chapter 12 in Romans uh, and says, therefore, uh, therefore, brothers and sisters, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And so it really brings together kind of that thinking about our, our our lives and our faith dedicated to God. So often we think about worshiping God by, you know, singing songs and lifting up our hands and, and praying. And those are great things. That's a huge part. That's a very scriptural part of worshiping. But there's so much more. And I think offering our bodies, in other words, offering everything that we are, everything that we have, our physical being, offering that to God and saying, Lord, this is, you know, this is the temple. That's a scriptural thing. This is the body that you have given me. Um, you know, how can I how can I serve you and be a good steward of what you have uh, what you've given me? So I think it is it is a a scriptural and a biblical thing to take care of what God has given us, but at the same time to not lose lose sight of there's so much more than just the physical side of our lives. It's a, it's a careful balance, and it's not something that I've, I've necessarily, you know, gained, something I'm, that we have to work on daily. Uh, but, uh, but I love that, that we all get that opportunity to, to grow 
in our, you know, in that knowledge and that wisdom and to uh, be better uh, about, you know, growing in that in those three parts of our lives. Well, I um, Mac, I think you're absolutely wonderful. You're super, super sweet. Um, oh, well, thank you so much. I was listening to Thief. That is actually my favorite song that you sing. <laughs> I love it. I appreciate that. That's kind of an old school song. It is. In fact... Yeah, it was never a radio single, and yet it's <sighs> one of the most requested third-day songs of all time. At, well, I'll never forget. First time, my girlfriends and I, my first small group here in Atlanta, we went to Marietta Square. I paid five bucks to see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. We got our start in the Marietta Square. Did you? It was wonderful. I loved it. So, cool, um, so um, you've sort of been an icon for me um, throughout my whole uh, Christian walk, and I appreciate you and your music, and that you're such a solid family man. I just, I think the world of you. Oh well, that's very kind of you. I appreciate that. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Yeah, um, and I will. Uh, I'll just send it out. I'll send you the link when it's done. So you can great. you can hear it yourself if you would like. Um, awesome. All right. Well, you have a great day, and I you will look, look forward to talking to you some other time. Thanks so much. NISA is a capital company that helps connect those who are from countries outside of the United States to access funding and legal assistance using specific programs that are flexible in order to enhance a project's success. NISA Capital is a global professional services firm that's headquartered in Atlanta and has locations in Miami, India, China, Korea, Vietnam, and Latin America. Hard exercise works. They believe in really hard exercise, in the relentless pursuit of excellence. Results are earned, not given. Group training can be personal and fun. I personally love hard exercise works. It has helped me to get back into shape. I don't focus on my food. I focus on the workout, and I feel stronger, and I feel healthier and happier. And that's what it's about. Hard Exercise Works in Johns Creek. So, could your nonprofit use $10,000 per month in free Google advertising? Since 2003, Google has donated free advertising to over 20,000 nonprofits in over 50 countries throughout the world. They've helped them raise millions of dollars in cash donations, recruiting and volunteer work, and in raising awareness for their causes. Visit epicgrowth.com, that's E-P-I-C-growth.com, to see if your nonprofit organization is eligible for this $10,000 in free advertising today. And welcome back again to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings. What did you think about that interview with Matt? He was great. I, I really, really appreciate um, his candor and his gentleness and just his truth. Um, let us know what you think about this interview and please share it with other people. Um, try, we're just trying to get to know people. It's all real here. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about just recap some of the things that he said. One of them, which is, uh, yes, we are a body, a mind and a spirit. And this is something that when I work with people, whether they have an eating disorder or not, we all have to think about 
all the the whole of us, like the whole part, like we are a tripart. We have our body, we have our mind, and we have that spirit that hopefully God is in you. And I think it's really important that if you focus more on your mind or you focus more on your body or if you focus more on your spirit, then that kind of throws you out of balance. And I'm not saying that people aren't spiritual and that we don't need to love the Lord, but we also have to live in this world. And when we put something out of whack, it becomes an idol. Uh, A lot of the times when I'm talking to people with an eating disorder, if they're strong, strong Christians and they uh, want to, they they really want to focus on perfection and who they are and their body. I like to think about, I like to ask them to think about what is going on in their, in their heart that makes them want to focus on their body so much. Because once we put that above everything else and we need to make it look perfect, then that becomes an idol for ourselves, and we begin to essentially worship our own body, even if it's through hatred. And so we really have to be careful about not giving too much emphasis on that. Another thing that I wanted to focus on, too, is comparison. And comparison is, like I said in the interview, it is the thief of joy. And we don't need to compare ourselves out Lots of times I'll ask my clients to look out the window and say, look at these two trees. Are they exactly the same? No. Well, how would it sound if one of these trees said to the other tree or said to itself, gosh, I'm not a good enough tree. I don't I don't have enough leaves or I'm not brown right now or I'm not green right now. Like, what would that sound like to us? I wonder if that is how God hears our comparison with one another, because We are like those trees. We are like flowers. We are like everything else that God has created. We are individual. We are unique. And there is a a unique path that we are all on. We all have something different to do. Even twins that grow up in the same environment, the same home, the same times, same schooling, they're extremely different and unique. And I think we need to revel and love and embrace our uniqueness rather than try and compare my uniqueness with yours or how I am not like you because I think it's really cool. I don't know how God did it, but we are so different. Um, And then the last thing that I wanted to touch on is just the family constellation. I think that as everyone that has their own unique things inside of a family, um, when we look at how the uniqueness of the entire family. We have like this whole family dynamic and there's a concept in psychology that we learned that the sum of the, of the, the whole is more than the sum of the parts. And so the, the family uh, dynamic has so much more power and so much more energy than just one unique person or each unique person inside of that family. So When you think about the awesome responsibility of parents, which I I have so much respect for parents, especially single parents, I want you to think about the 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 responsibilities that you have and that you are doing the best that you know how with what you've been given. You have your set of response, your, your set of rules and your set of things that you've learned from your family environment. And so 
I want you to think about if you don't feel like you're a good enough or a perfect parent, then just give yourself a little bit of uh, respect, um, ease up on yourself, and don't compare yourself to another parent because you don't you have different kids and they have different responsibilities and so do you. And now I'm going to go into our um, verse of the week. We're going to reflect back on what Max said. A living sacrifice. It is Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I think that if we can do that, like, Think about sacrificing ourselves, And that doesn't mean, sacrifice doesn't mean taking on abuse. It means to submit your body to God. And if God wouldn't do that to your body, then you don't do it either. I hope you have a great week. Thanks for coming back. <music>